Hey ya, I'm Tegan and this is The Dirt. Now welcome to the very first episode of The Dirt. It's great to have you listening in. This week we were lucky enough to have a chat with Sue Kahambu Stefano from Kenya. Sue wears many hats. She's an organic farmer, a developer and a TED Global Fellow amongst others. A few years ago, she developed an app called iCow for smallholder farmers across Africa. The app started out as kind of a virtual midwife for cows, and it's since grown into something even more valuable for the farmers there. We caught up with Sue over Skype to talk about her story and the ins and outs of iCow. So it seems you've got quite the colourful background. Can you tell us a bit about how you got into farming first off? Um, yeah, so I think I'm a musician that found themselves in the space of organic farming. I left school when I was 18 to pursue a career in music. I joined a rock band. Um, I still play with my band. I love it. I recently bought myself a cello. And that's my big, one of my big passions in life. But along the way, I um, ended up in South Africa and um, stumbled upon a hydroponic station basically growing lettuces for the fast food market and I thought it was absolutely amazing that one could use um, you know science and a bit of technology drip drip irrigation and shade netting to produce very very you know densely um, you know uh, plots of crop and I thought it'd be a great idea to take back to our high density populations in Kenya when we came back to Kenya uh, we put together a little plan to, to put a prototype of a hydroponic farm together um, and it absolutely failed because I knew nothing, absolutely nothing about agriculture. But what I ended up with was a bunch of lettuce seedlings um, and, you know, my mum's farm. So I put them in the ground of my mum's farm and the lettuce grew. And the next thing is we were producing a salad packs. We had converted washing machine drums into spinners and done a whole bunch of, of um, you know, innovations around putting the machinery together, which we didn't have in the country to make sure we could spin the salad and get the, the you know, the, 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 the water off the leaves and package them and put them on the market. And that was the beginning of a booming business. Um, it was, we were the first salad pack producers in Kenya. I'm horrified to think about it now when I think about plastics and the damage of plastics around. Um, and it was whilst one day producing salad packs and, and spraying tomatoes and cherry tomatoes in the field my mother got caught down wind of one of the chemicals, a chemical called dimethoate, and became really, really ill, a pesticide. And I decided then to look at safer production methods. And that's when I stumbled again into organic production um, and managed to get the Soil Association, Soil Association manual from UK that became my Bible. It told me what I couldn't do, but not really what I could do. So there was loads of trial and error. But that was the beginning of the business. Um, and then we went on to produce a whole bunch of things. We I uh, was involved in setting up the organic standards for the, with the Kenyan government, um, involved with um, helping a certification body set up, and involved with training a whole bunch of farmers. And that's how I got into the business of organic, really. Um, and I did my music every evening. Right. So now you're heavily involved with teaching local farmers, developing their skills. You've obviously got quite an in-depth understanding of what the big challenges are for for Kenyan farmers. Can you can you tell us a bit more about the problems that Kenyan farmers do face there? Yeah, so it's interesting. As my business grew and I started training farmers and training them also on value addition so they got better prices for their products, it became really, really clear that the people that we call farmers are generally, you know, people who are eking out a living on the land but don't really have a lot of knowledge on the 360 kind of systems that they operate in. 
Many may have had training down one or two value chains, um, depending on programs in the country or whatever the, the government extension um, was doing in the particular area. But most smallholder farmers, um, most of them have got like two to three different species of animal. They grow nine to 10, maybe even 15 different crops, fruit crops, root crops, um, leafy brassicas, etc. And all of those things have their own problems. And most of them are based on soil fertility. And what I found as I sat there in my shop as my business grew and I became a policeman, basically policing procurement and, you know, licenses and all these things, I, I actually began to really hate it. I thought to myself, the part of the business that I really loved was watching farmers grow, watching them increase their productivity and improve their livelihoods. And it was through increased knowledge. There was nothing else. It wasn't having access to improved seeds and having access to fertilizer or having access to X, Y, and Z. It was just having access to knowledge. That was what was lacking. So you've worked out that this is a really big obstacle for farmers in Kenya. How, how do you take the jump though from, you know, running your organic business, you're a farmer, you're teaching people hands-on to then developing this mobile app and, and running such an ambitious project to fill that void? In the back of my mind, I always felt that the mobile phone was a much bigger tool than just a tool that we could communicate with. So one day I was lying in bed and I rang my daughter and this music started playing. And I was like, OK, pick up, pick up, pick up. And, you know, for a long while she didn't. And I thought, this is just ridiculous. I thought, why am I not listening to anything that's, you know, educational? I mean, what if I was learning how to make better compost? And then the penny dropped. I was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is how we can get free content to farmers all over the country, anyone who's got a phone. But I imagined that I could do a whole bunch of different recordings, slot them into the space, and farmers could just access certain numbers and then listen to really great agricultural content. That was the original idea behind a product that was going to be called Mkulima, which in Swahili means farmer, fish. The idea was it was a farmer information service and helpline, which was teach a farmer how to fish. Don't give him a fish. It was all sorted. And then came the issue of trying to do it. Like I say, I'm a musician. So I, I was now a musician with a bit, of, a bit of being a farmer and a bit of being a business person. And, and now I was about to plunge into this really interesting place called the tech space, and I hadn't a clue. And I remember talking to um, Eric Herzman of the iHub, who I met um, in, uh, at the TED event in Oxford. Um, we get back to Nairobi, and I'm sitting there frustrated, thinking, I need to know how to do this. So I walked into the iHub and I said, Eric, teach me. What do I need to do? What do I need to do to do, to do this? I'm thinking, how do I record onto a SIM card? I thought it was that basic. You know, like there's some little recording machine you can stick in something and record something onto a SIM card. And he said, you need a developer. I said, well, what, what, what's a developer? <laughs> what, what, what's a developer going to do? And that then is how the product became became known as iCal. Eric said, oh, there's an Apps for Africa competition on. Why don't you put this thing you're developing, this umkalima fish, into that? And I thought, God, no, this is going to take me years. I'm so behind on everything. I'm learning so much. It'll take me forever. And I, and I thought, well, yeah, no, forget it. And I went downstairs to have a Coke. And I sat there with my team. And I thought, you know what? Why don't we just do one component of it, the cow calendar? And we ran back upstairs stuck our name into the competition. And lo and behold, we actually won. So it's been six years since you've launched iCow Sue. Six years now, yes. You've now rolled out into three different African countries. Yeah. What, what does iCow look like now? What's, what form does it take? I, we call it a, a smallholder farmer's best friend. 
Um, basically, it enables a farmer to go in and it's, it's designed for feature phones, incidentally. So it's not smartphones. It's feature phone based. Most of our farmers have feature phones. The, it's designed to um, enable farmers to learn um, around different areas that they need to so they can learn about livestock. They can learn within livestock. They can learn about cows or goats or sheep or camels or pig or fish or whatever they want. They can learn about different crops. They can learn about the diseases. They can learn about the production. Um, that's the learn component of iCal. Their content comes to them in SMS format. Most of the farmers actually document them into a book. So it's almost as though we drip feed manuals into the field, if that makes sense. Um, that's the learn component. Um, um, iCal has some tools in it that help farmers reduce their risk. There are livestock calendars so they can register cows or chickens and then get information about those livestock that are pertinent to the animal at that point in time. So, for example, a cow that is um, has just been served, um, 17 days from the day the cow is served, will the farmer will receive an SMS a few days before, um, asking the farmer to check that she isn't coming on heat again, and if she is, telling him what she needs to do, etc. Or if it's somewhere where the cow is giving birth, the information around, um, you know, best practices for the calf and for the cow before it gives birth, etc. So, an another one of the smart tools is around soils. Um, so farmers can access um, through a location-based search information about the soils in their relative area. And then they're told that they do need to have their own soils tested in order to know exactly what their soils lack and what they can do about that. Um, basically, it's solving the problems that, that the farmers are dealing with that, you know, when a farmer has got three or four different species of livestock, it's really hard to keep track of absolutely everything at opt and, and make sure that they're optimizing on them. So there are tools around helping with that, including tools helping farmers um, find their nearest expert if they need a vet or they need an artificial inseminator. Um, they can, through a location-based search again, find those experts. So what kind of benefits in yields and production have farmers been seeing using iCow? So in the dairy industry, we're seeing farmers who've used iCow for about two to three months um, get an increased milk yield of two to three litres per animal per day. We've got a small research department that works that works around the farmers all the time. And before we put any content on the platform, we try to figure out what is the most, what is the biggest priority, what are farmers' biggest problems they're dealing with. And in the area of livestock, it's um, feed, so nutrition and diseases um, and hygiene. So the first lot of information farmers begin to, to receive focuses on those big problems. And, and it, you know, it's not rocket science. You feed your animal better. You adhere to better hygiene. Um, the animal will produce. It will give better yields. And this is not only with, with um, livestock, but also with poultry. So down, down the track for iCow, Sue, what does a, what does a future look like? Um, for me, that's it. I think that our future, what I would like to see in the future, is that iCow is just scaled across as many developing countries as, as possible and that that really contributes towards food security, where a lot of focus around food security today is on big ag, big fertilizers, improved seeds and all sorts of things. But the reality is a farmer cannot optimize on those things if he doesn't have knowledge. Just one last thing, Sue. What is it that scares you and what is it that excites you about the future of ag in Africa? So the thing that really scares me is the big push for big ag and the big corporations. Big ag can very easily just roller coaster over Africa. And, and the other thing that scares me, there are two things that scare me. The other one is that we're getting a lot of young people who are what I would call backseat um, internet farmers. 
a lot that have access to um, information, but never really get their hands dirty in, in the soil and don't know about the much bigger picture issues. But what really excites me is that using technology like iCal, we can ramp up farmer knowledge quite quickly. Great. Sue, I'm looking forward to seeing where iCal rolls out next. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to hear any more from Sue, you can find some links on the Dirt social media feeds or jump across to www.ical.co.ke. But for now, thanks for listening to The Dirt. We'll see you next time.